Welcome to episode two of See Beneath Your Beautiful, the one where I chat with Doreen about cancer. To subscribe to this podcast, check out our other episodes, and to keep up to date, head to SeeBeneathYourBeautiful.com. Thanks for doing this with me. Let's start off with introducing yourself. I'm Doreen Huntoon, 55, and I work in real estate, and I am married and have two kids, 18 and 14. Tell me about your diagnosis when you were first diagnosed and what your journey has been so far. I was diagnosed on November 15th in 2019. Five days later, I was in the hospital getting my kidney removed. They thought they got it all, but pathology came back and said, no, they didn't get it all. So I did chemotherapy from January to April of 2020. And then in June of 2020, they found a tumor on my bladder. So I had to have that removed. And I did a targeted therapy called BCG, which I did not tolerate very well. What does that mean? They put it right in your bladder. And you have to hold it for two hours and then pee it out. And it burns and it irritates your bladder and you have bladder spasms. And initially you do six weeks of it and then you do three weeks of it every three months for three years. Well, I got through eight and my doctor said, no, your bladder can't handle it anymore. So I stopped doing those. So far, so good. No recurrences there. And then I had some pain where my kidney used to be and we did a CT scan and everything looked fine. They said I was in remission and then the pain wasn't going away. So they decided to do a PET scan and they found that I have a tumor in the bed of where my kidney used to be and in my adrenal gland and in my lymph nodes in my chest. So that put me at stage four. So surgery isn't an option. It's not curable. I'm doing immunotherapy, Keytruda right now. And I will have my third infusion on Thursday. And hopefully it shrinks the tumors enough and maintains them enough to where I can be in some sort of remission. What does that therapy mean? So immunotherapy works with your immune system. So what happens is these cells go around the tumor with your own immune system to attack the cancer, attack that tumor, puts like a halo around the tumors and is supposed to zap them and shrink them and works with your own immune system. Hopefully this works. With my cancer, it's rare. You don't find it. It's called urothelial carcinoma, and you don't find it in women my age. You find it in men 65 and older. 20% chance that I'll live two years or longer than two years from diagnosis, which if my pain goes away, which we're trying to manage right now, I I feel great. You just got to keep a positive attitude and keep up with your appointments. I had some genetic testing done because of how rare it is and found out that I do carry a gene for renal cell carcinoma, which is kidney cancer. So my son will benefit from me doing that. How did you first find out you had it? Did you have symptoms? I had one symptom. I had blood in my urine and it freaked me out to where I went right to the emergency room the day that I saw it. They tried to treat me for a UTI, which I've never had a UTI before. I didn't have any other symptoms of it. And they even said when they tested me that it, it didn't show UTI. So they kept putting me off for like a month. And I finally got really mad and started advocating for myself, which you 
absolutely have to do until they sent me to a, a urologist and, and get some testing done. Oh, I'm so glad. Sometimes I feel like it's just like a, they see so many people and, you know, I lost my brother to cancer and my mom to MS and my mother-in-law to cancer. And, you know, they went in with back pain and hip pain and they treated, treated the symptom rather than trying to get to the bottom of what was going on. And by the time they did figure it out, it was too late. It's really, really important to advocate for yourself for early detection, no matter what kind of cancer you have. Did you look online and say, this is what I think I have? Inevitably, if you look online, you're dead the next day. So So I try to stay offline unless it is um, a case study. My mom passed away from cancer when I was just 18. And I never thought about it from her perspective. So I'm really happy to be having this conversation with you. And I, I wonder, do you like having the conversation? Do you want to talk about it? Or would you just rather nobody ever bring it up and you live your life? I talk about it all the time. I've put my whole journey on social media just because I want to help people, not just the people that have cancer, because I've had several people reach out to me since my journey and they've seen my posts, ask me for advice because they don't post anything about it. They don't tell a lot of people about it because they are afraid they're going to get treated differently, but it's helping people what I put on there. And It's helping the caregivers and the parents and the husbands and wives. And my husband is still in denial. Well, he might always be, which is okay. He literally will look at me and say, oh, you'll be fine. And he had stage four cancer. You know, it's not curable. Oh, you'll be fine. Because he can't imagine a world without you. And so he can't go there. I'm in denial too. I mean, I still think that there's so much advanced medicine now that they can prolong your life. You really do have a really positive attitude. I'm not cancer. It doesn't define who I am. I prefer to, instead of saying I'm fighting cancer, is I'm healing from cancer is a better term because I like to think of it as kind of like, oh, I got the flu and I got to heal from this. It's just going to take a little longer. I love that. Do you feel like your life has been put on hold at all? Yes. To a certain extent, yes, because I have to be here for treatment days, scan days, doctor's appointment. I can't travel. And for a while there, I just kind of sit around and wait for my next treatment day. You know, I'd go to work, I'd come home. I decided that was no way to live. Right now I do what I want. I go where I want. I see who I want. You know, I ask people to please just respect the fact that I have a compromised immune system. Please wear your mask around me. And And, you know, spend as much time with my kids and my family as I possibly can. I'm managing some pain right now. So until that's under control, I really can't travel. But once that's under control, I plan on going places. Why not? How did you share the news with your children? I'm an open book. I just told them. I love that about you. I think that's why we connect so well. My kids know I have cancer. They know someday I will die of cancer probably. And they know I'm doing everything I can to save my own life. And they help out and we're good. Education, knowledge is power. What's been your biggest parenting challenge during cancer treatment? My energy. So when I have treatment, some days it's hard to make my kids dinner or give them a ride to a friend's house. But I do the very, very best I can um, when they ask for something. If I can't make dinner, I'm, I'm ordering pizza for them or my husband will cook dinner or something. 
Is it so terrible of me to say, I have no energy, I order pizza, I read the terrible things to say to a cancer patient, and I'm so guilty of these things. I think I said to you, you don't look like you have cancer, and that's one of the top 10. Everybody says that to me. So I would like to go over that list so that people know what not to say. Yeah, I'm guilty of saying a lot of those things too, so... Do you have a group of friends that are easy to talk to? I work with some amazing people and they've been extremely supportive. There's a couple girls there that I, you know, I'm friends with and we talk all the time. And then I also have some online support groups that, you know, are dealing with the same thing I am. And I do go see a counselor, an oncologist counselor. That's awesome. The most helpful things to say to a cancer patient, joke with me because you don't want to cry all the time. Here's a good example. I was in a Zoom meeting one day with with all the other people at work and they forgot to put my name on a list of something. And I just said, wait a minute, my name's not there. I'm not dead yet. And everybody just kind of laughed. A couple of them were like, oh, you know, <laughs> you have to you have to have a good sense of humor about it. Instead of asking, how can I help offer specific suggestions? Like, let me know if you need a ride to appointments. Can I bring you dinner on this night? Can I grab groceries or run errands? Why is that better than saying, how can I help? Because when you're sick, when you have cancer, the hardest thing to do, and even before I had cancer, the hardest thing for me to do is ask anybody for help. And when you do have cancer, you don't want to feel like a burden. So if somebody called me up and and even now I have people from work that say, you know, um, let me know if you want me to bring you dinner this week. And I'm just like, oh, I'm good. What I really would like to hear somebody say is I'm going to stop by Thursday with a lasagna. You know, you have treatment on Thursday. I'll be there. What time is your treatment? I'll come pick you up and take you. I so appreciate you telling me this. You wrote engage on social media, keep in touch through social media and posts. Yeah. And I get a lot of response on my posts since I started this journey. I believe in the power of prayer. I got a lot of people praying for me. I know a lot of people are thinking about me and that's important to somebody that's dealing with something so serious. Right. That's wonderful. Support our caregivers. So I never thought about that. Your spouse's parents, friends. Yeah, you have to support them. They're going out of their way. They have their own lives and they're stopping their lives or adding to it by taking care of somebody that is sick. So they need just as much support. And I like this one. Enjoy the moment with us as if we didn't have cancer. Sometimes it's just nice to feel like our old selves again before our cancer worries. You know, let's go out and have dinner like nothing's different. Let's have a conversation and have some fun and laughs. Okay. These are some of the things not to say. And One of the things that pops in my head when I read your list was I have wanted to reach through the computer and punch people in their computer noses when they say after somebody passes away that they're in a better place. You have obviously not lost somebody close to you. That is not what this wounded daughter wants to hear about her mother. Yeah, that one makes me cranky too. I agree. Any of us can die tomorrow. You wrote, we know this, but the reminder doesn't make us feel better. It makes it feel like our fears are invalid and not justifiable. You have the good kind of cancer. There is no good kind of cancer. My youngest son's dad died of leukemia, but when he was diagnosed with leukemia, everybody kept saying, well, he's got the the good kind of leukemia. It's the curable kind of leukemia. Well, they couldn't even get him well enough to even do do a bone marrow transplant. He died from leukemia. So there is no such thing as the good kind of cancer. It's ridiculous, but it's ignorance and not malice. Like I said, knowledge is power. This is to educate people so they can be more sympathetic and supportive to people with cancer and their loved ones. Right. I'm so glad we're sharing this. (laughs) 
It's hard to read. They've already cured cancer, but it's too profitable. Oh boy. And when you beat cancer, you want to talk about that one? Yeah. Stage four cancer is, is not curable. You won't ever beat it. I prefer to say that I'm going to heal from it because when you're healing, you're not healing just physically, but emotionally and spiritually and emotionally. And, you know, that's what gets me through everything is I know I'm going to be sick for the rest of my life. But if I can get the tumors shrunk and the pain under control and I can live a normal life and be happy and healthy, you can still be healthy and have cancer. Then great. That's why I'm doing this. What does remission mean? So remission just means that my tumors can shrink to the point where they don't show up on a scan anymore. And that puts you in remission. They call it NED, no evidence of disease. I was in remission for three months. And do you just have to keep going back to get tested? And then they just found it because you got tested again? Yep. I go every three months for a scan. So the funny story, you know, I'm in real estate, so I was doing an open house and um, I had 50 people through this open house and I was standing there and one of the ladies that came through looked at me and she said, so are you going to have your baby at Holy Family Hospital? And I said, well, I did 14 years ago, but I'm, I'm not pregnant. This is what stage four cancer looks like. And I tried to make it really light so she didn't feel bad because I knew she felt horrible after saying that. But some days I feel like wearing a shirt because it's, it's in my abdomen. It's where my kidney was. I have a mama belly, but it's stage four cancer. And sometimes I feel like I should wear, you know, one of those shirts instead of where it says baby and an arrow stage four cancer in the arrow. (laughs) This is a terrible story. I went to Best Buy looking for the Fitbit. At that time, it clipped onto your bra strap. There's another lady shopping next to me and I was saying, oh, it clips onto your bra strap. And she said, I don't wear a bra because I've had a mastectomy. And I said, oh, lucky you. (gasps) Right. I walked away. I didn't think anything about it. And about an hour later, I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I say? I meant obviously lucky you. You didn't have to wear a bra. I think she still thinks about me because I still think about her and I'm so sorry. Yeah. That was years ago. I guess that my point is we say stupid things and we really don't mean it. I like this one. Don't ask, have you tried marijuana, meditation, vitamins, herbal supplements, juicing, kale? Oh yeah. Everybody's so full of advice. You know, when it comes to cancer, it's like, oh, you need to be on the plant-based diet or, you know, smoke marijuana for your pain. And, you know, we really do have to be careful what we what we eat and what we take and what we smoke because it will interact with whatever chemo or immunotherapy you're on. You can't drink pineapple juice while you're doing chemotherapy. You can't smoke marijuana while you're doing immunotherapy. And we have to run everything by our doctor. I have lymphedema, so I go and get lymphedema massages or I do acupuncture for nerve pain, you know, and that kind of stuff. I would much rather try to do things naturally than put a bandaid on it. The people who have survived cancer and they post because it was their positive attitude, does that piss you off? So it kind of does because you hear everybody all the time say, you need to have a positive attitude. You need to have a positive attitude. Just stay positive. You know, I am one of the most positive people in the world, right? But I have my moments. And when you hear that all the time, you get that stress of, oh my gosh, I'm not being positive enough, or I need to be more positive around these people. And then you come home and you're taking your nice long bubble bath and you break down and cry because it's so stressful to stay positive all the time. You know, we have bad days. 
If I've asked a couple of times, how are you feeling? Is that okay? Yeah. So how are you feeling is different than how are you? You know, well, how am I? I have cancer. How am I feeling? You know, treatment's a little rough, but it sounds like you care and you really want to know the answer and how they're feeling. I know I've asked a couple of times when I've wanted to say something to you or talk to you, but I know you're going through treatment. So I've just said, how are you feeling? Like, is this a good time to talk? Oh, this one's terrible. You're more likely to be struck by lightning. Don't worry about it. Live your life. <laughs> they're so stupid. They make me laugh. It's like, really? Seriously? Oh, this one's terrible. You've been given a gift to live in the moment. You know, <laughs> you should always live in the moment. And yeah, we do get get busy and our lives take over and we don't think about it. And then when you get sick, you're like, oh my gosh. And you, all of a sudden you're rushing to, to do all these things you always wanted to do. And I think it's God's way of saying, slow down. Live in the moment is telling somebody you're going to die. I don't like that. Let me know what I can do to help. Instead of saying, this is how I'm going to help. We don't like to ask for help. I get a lot of, I just live around the corner. Let me know what I can bring by. Or I'm never, ever going to tell that person, could you go get me some milk or, you know, buy me dinner? I mean, seriously. I think I'm going to, if I get cancer, I think I'm going to tell, I'm going to make a list. And the first person who asks is going to get the first thing on the list. And this all happened during this whole pandemic. I had friends drop off care packages without asking, you know, masks and hand sanitizer when it first started. And then um, I've only had one person actually send me flowers. What do you think about that? If I see somebody on a friend of mine on social media talking about how um, they want flowers or somebody to let them know they care, I send them flowers. A friend of mine reached out to me. She has breast cancer and she was going through it. I sent her flowers. Are you surprised she hasn't sent you flowers or is she the one? No, who did? she didn't. But I am surprised more people haven't. I know. I know. I don't like to say that because I think it sounds very selfish or princessy or. We're having a real conversation here. And if in your head you had expectations that your house would be filled with flowers because people love you. That's what your expectations were. So if I got were. a text from somebody that said, oh, I'm just thinking about you, wanted to let you know, you know, or send me flowers, just, a, you know, anything just to let me know they're thinking about me would be awesome. It helps you get through it. Do you have a will? Do you have plans if you don't make it? Yeah, I've done my power of attorney, my will. I've, I've set up all sorts of stuff. I mean, I think anybody that has kids should do it. Yeah. It's very smart to get all your affairs in order right away. Then you don't have to, that's one less stress. You don't have to worry about it as you're fighting a disease. Right. That's so good. Have there been any bright spots in terms of like friendships that have blossomed? Is anything, is there any bright spots? I did reevaluate people that I was associating with and I got rid of all the negative energy that was around me and I feel better because of it. That's really great. Is there anything else you want people to know? I think the the most important thing is if you don't feel good, go to the doctor. There's so many people out there that, oh, it'll pass or, but your body's telling you something. If it turns out to be nothing awesome, but early detection is so important. We preach constantly about mammograms. Every year, get your mammogram so that you can catch breast cancer and 
but there's other types of cancers. There's kidney cancer, bladder cancer, you know, colon cancer, liver cancer. All of those types of cancers are very serious. I wish more people were aware. So early detection and um, don't just assume it's one thing or the other. Do you have suggestions for anybody that is going through it or who has a loved one that has cancer? Find support. Um, if you can't find it in your family or your coworkers or your friends, talk to a therapist. An oncology therapist is the best, but find find your support. If there is anybody out there that is listening and doesn't have support, I am feel free to call me. I really appreciate you having this conversation with me and opening my eyes. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast and a big thank you if you're one of the delightful humans who has sent me an email or left a review in iTunes to say that you're enjoying the show. I really appreciate the feedback. Mm-hmm.